Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Baseball Week, featuring baseball conversations. Once again, we're lucky to be joined by friend of the show, Kevin. And today we're going to be following up on our episode on changes to baseball, looking at a couple other ideas, some of which I have and are admittedly less creative and interesting than Kevin's idea, Kevin's ideas, but we'll try them anyway. And with that, great promo right there. Let's get started. Uh, Kevin. Josh. On. Welcome, first of all. Thank you for being on the show again. Uh, thanks so much for having me. Um, just in the uh, interest of complete transparency, um, I am actually being compensated for this particular segment. Josh has told me he will take me for ice cream afterwards. So just to keep everything above board, I just wanted to reveal that. It's true. Thank you for clarifying that, Kevin. Uh, we try to stay unbiased here, but I got my guest ice cream, especially when they're Kevin. Woot! Kevin's been our only guest, but still, I get, I get our guest ice cream. <laughs> the precedent has been set. Yes. So, Kevin, when I gave you this topic about changes to baseball, it led me to start thinking about, well, what would I want to see change in baseball? And my ideas are less interesting than yours, but I'm still going to share them. So, one thing that made me think about, first of all, is I'd like to think my ideas are progressive and interesting in that they are going to lead baseball forward, but I think a lot of my ideas are just changing things that I didn't like that were done when I was younger. Okay. Like, so I started following baseball late 1990s, and I believe it was the first year I followed baseball, 1997, baseball implemented interleague play. And it was, I always thought, even at a young age, that it was kind of gimmicky, because baseball, they went 100 years without interleague play ever happening. They went 100 years where National League teams and American League teams would only ever meet in the World Series. And I thought there was something very cool about that, because no other sport did anything like that. I thought it made baseball a little bit special, a little bit different. This tradition that didn't necessarily make sense. But hey, the National League and American League, they came from separate places. They're literally different leagues. They also play the sport differently because of the DH. Absolutely. AL has a DH, NL does not. I mean, we look at the NFL. We like bring the NFL up on the show. NFL, they don't have leagues. They have two conferences. It's the National Football League with the... Um, National Conference, the NFC, and the American Conference, the AFC. The reason baseball has it as two leagues is because they really, like Kevin said, they play the game differently. The American League and the National League have different rules. They have different strategies they need. The National League, you need more pinch hitters to pinch hit for the pitcher. The American League, you don't have to worry about that. There's differences. And I like the fact that there are differences there. It just kind of adds some nice quirkiness to the sport. And so I never liked interleague play. I got that it was trendy, you get the Mets get to play the Yankees, and the Dodgers play the Angels, and you get those nice series with so-called local rivals, but if I were Commissioner of Major League Baseball for a day, I would get rid of interleague play. Now, would you eliminate it entirely, like that it never happens again, or would you do a thing where maybe it could happen like, you know, one or two games a year, or do you just, no, you would want to go back to purest baseball. And by the way, in the last episode, you uh, said you were kind of like on the fence if you were a baseball purist. I think you may be a full-fledged purist, sir. In some ways, yes. And maybe, uh, maybe I am more than I realized I am, because I would probably get rid of early completely. There is a non-purist reason for this, too, Okay. is that it can create unbalanced schedules. If you're the New York Mets, you are playing the New York Yankees six times every year because it's a local rivalry. You should play the Yankees. It's cool. The Yankees are really good every year. You're the Mets. That creates an unbalanced schedule. It gives you a disadvantage against another team. Meanwhile, the Washington Nationals, they have a rivalry with the Orioles. This year, the Orioles are really struggling. That can help the Nationals. And I know that 
Uh, baseball's done some things to try to rectify this over the years. It used to be back in the day where the NL East played the AL East every year. For example, now they rotate and do different things. But it can still create more unbalanced schedules than you would have otherwise. And it's something that I don't necessarily think is needed. Well, that's actually a really interesting question about the just by nature of where the the standings are on the talent of the players, just by forcing them to play each other, you're creating uh, potential imbalance. Wouldn't you say we already have that situation with the way the divisions are? A, you, a team could certainly be a uh, winner in one division, but if they're another division, they could be third or fourth. And you're totally right, and that is absolutely true. I guess my argument for why I think divisions, why I'm okay with divisions, mm -hmm. is just the travel. That if you do have all of the National League teams in the same 15-team league, you've got the Dodgers traveling to the East Coast so many times that it could really take, it could wear on a team like that that does have to travel so much. So I'm okay, okay with it for that standpoint, but your your point is absolutely true and correct. So it's, it's practical reasons why you're in favor with the divisions. Yes. If we do ever get Star Trek-level transport technology, perhaps we need to then revisit this uh, division issue. I think that's a fair point. Excellent. I think that's definitely, definitely a fair point with a whole new meaning to the term All-Star Game. <laughs> So that's my real baseball purist ran against that, against interleague play. Well, with action, I'm curious, but you still are, you still like the World Series when they play each other, obviously. And I think that can make the World Series even more special. So here you have a World Series. Let's say, uh, for example, we have the New York Yankees, and we talk about the Yankees and the Mets. The Yankees and the Mets play in the World Series. That's not going to happen this year, I know, but if that does happen, how much more special would that be when these teams don't face each other at any other time? It creates a uniqueness to the World Series matchup that I think makes it even more special. Uh, I just want to point out, Josh has m mentioned the New York Yankees and the New York Mets quite a bit this episode. I assure you, he does know other baseball teams. He's just not mentioning them right now. I agree with what Kevin said. Uh, but, but with the World Series, when they play each other, what, do you, what would you say is the best thing to do about the DH? So, DH is an interesting point, because there's been a lot of a lot of people recently who said the National League should adopt the DH. Now, I'm not a fan of the DH. Okay. I admit it's here to stay in the American League. It is what it is. We can't take it away because there's players whose job is to be a DH. I don't think it's fair to take away their position. So I'm okay with it staying in the, National, in the American League. If I were around back when it started, I certainly would have voted against adding it to the American League just because I, I think it's... I like seeing pitchers bad. I think it's more just natural the way the game works. Yeah, I agree. But, I'm fine. It is what it is. But I would not want it added to the National League because, again, it's cool to see pitchers bad, I think, as part of the game. But you would want in the World Series so, that yes. both teams have to not be able to use a DH. Pitchers so, have to hit. I think what they do in the World Series now I'm pretty good with, which is whatever team is the home team mm -hmm. has the DH done their way. So if it's in the American League Park, they get a DH. If it's in the National League Park, there's no DH. Okay. I'm fine with that. Again, it's not ideal because it is kind of strange that the two leagues have different rules. It's kind of nice in a quirky way. But with this being what it is, I think that's the best best solution for it. It's an acceptable compromise. Yes. Okay. Got a compromise in this life. So I'm quite fine with that. I don't agree with that, but continue. <laughs> Compromising Kevin. Uh, what I didn't like, well, they already got rid of this rule, so we don't have to change it, was the All-Star Game rule that said that the winner of the All-Star Game gets home field advantage in the World Series. I never understood that fully, because if you have an All-Star Game, let's say the Wallacop home run is hit by a player on the team in last place, and that determines who is the home field in the World Series. That does not make sense to me. 
I know why they did it at first, because there was a tie in the All-Star game one year, and they didn't want to have a tie again, so they had to incentivize the All-Star game to mean something. Didn't like it. I'm glad they got rid of that. So you really do view like the All-Star game as like not even part of like official Major League Baseball season is a side thing, and you don't want it affecting the real season. Is that it, right? Yes. It's an exhibition game. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's great sometimes just to have games that don't mean anything, and you can just go out and play and have fun. I think that's something that we need. I think sometimes there's too much emphasis on competition. So that's one reason I like spring training, too. It's relaxed. You go and you have fun. You don't have to feel bad afterwards if you lose. Yeah, just pure baseball. Yes, well said. Getting rid of interleague play would lead to two 15-team leagues, which I think uh, would be a problem because teams generally don't have a lot of off days. Teams, Every team plays Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and pretty much every Tuesday and Wednesday as well. So I think we can solve this by adding two expansion teams, which would also hopefully help the hitting a little bit and maybe thin out the pitching. It would thin out the hitting too a little bit, but hopefully on balance that would help out the hitters more. And so I think adding two expansion teams is another rule that could help the offense and could also kind of couple along with my getting rid of interleague play suggestion as well. Yeah, so having two expansion teams I think could be really helpful. I think... Uh, again, it would help with the offense. It would create a scenario where you could have one team in the American League, one team in the National League, so that the leagues are balanced out. Each has a new team that's probably going to really struggle the first few years. And create nice 16-team leagues, 16 number divisible by two. Even number. All even numbers are divisible by two, Kevin. That's what uh, we're shooting for. That's what we're going for. And nice balanced schedule that way, a little bit more without the interleague play. So would the, any of these changes help with baseball's kind of identity crisis they have right now? No. None of these are helpful with that at all. But still interesting. And enjoyable. They would make the games a little better for you with your commissioner for a day powers. Yes. Commissioner for a day. This is, this is where I would go, and I would not be given a second day. Um, I, I do think it's interesting, Josh, now that you and I both have mentioned the changes we would make to baseball. And one thing neither one of us touched on... Um, was, in terms of making the game more accurate, removing the human element of the umpire. Mm, I mean, right now we do have, you know, instant replay, which they fought for a long time, but there seems to be nobody in at all arguing removing the human factor of the umpire, which is interesting to me, because if you're looking at it from a pure, technical, accurate standpoint, you should. I mean, they're humans and make mistakes. And they, yeah, they we see how have, often they do and how angry people get about that. They do have replay now, uh, so they are kind of inching in that direction. But you're right, as far as talking about replacing the umpires outright, I haven't heard much about that, no. No, and, and even with the instant replay, they still make the call incorrectly sometimes. They don't, they look to see what the camera's showing, but they don't look for a computer to say, is this this, is this that? And I think part of that is, A, we really like a human being making that decision, and two, baseball, you know, it's, it's, it's the red-headed stepchild of sports in that it's unusual in so many ways, and one of those ways is that what is and is not the strike zone is something that is so ambiguous. I, I think we want that. We want that sort of discretion from game to game to game to game, even though it drives us crazy when it goes against our team on a call. You're right. The whole the strike zone issue is really the most contentious issue that can't really be solved by replay as well, because, like Kevin said, every umpire strike zone is different. Yeah. 
Uh, so it's an interesting idea. I would feel bad for the umpires on a human level that we would kick them all out of their job and <laughs> find another way to keep them in the game. I apologize. Happens. We've got a machine that does it better than you. <laughs> we can keep keep them with a role of some sort. Um, but yeah, it's it's a plan that I think the more technology keeps infiltrating the game, the more that's going to come up. Yeah. The more talk about that's going to come up. Um, Josh, how tall are you? How tall am I? I'm six foot six. That's so you, not true. I'm five foot ten. So you, you were taller than me, but you're still a relatively short guy for a professional athlete. So I, I think you and I would be best in any professional sport in baseball because we would have very low strike zone and just possible we might get walked. That's true. That's true. By the way, to clarify, I'm not actually a professional athlete, but if I were, you know, baseball would be the sport. Oh, absolutely. It would be, I, I couldn't do basketball or uh, football or hockey, but I could stand there cowering with my bat if I was playing baseball. Yeah, and that's one nice thing about baseball is that really all heights and body sizes can be great baseball players. There are great baseball players who do not seem like your prototypical athlete, but the sport lends itself to that. There are some of them that look a little bit more like uh, out-of-shape bowlers than professional <laughs> baseball players. Yeah, they get the job done. It's, it's kind of cool that... Baseball is in some ways a little more democratic than some other sports. Basketball, you have to work really, really hard to be a pro basketball player. But being really tall is very helpful, more so than baseball. Where if you're tall in baseball, that can be helpful, but also can hurt you because your strike zone is bigger uh, or issues like that. For a second there, I thought you were going to advocate for more sports that don't require a lot of hard work. I was going to say, this might not be what the country needs right now, Josh. Yeah. Less in shape players. Yeah, everybody work hard. <laughs> Keep on, keep on doing what you're doing. So as I've gone through my ideas this episode, Kevin's very kindly not pointed out that none of these ideas help with any of the issues baseball really has <laughs> right now. I do have one more extreme idea that would uh, help baseball be a much faster sport. Everyone ready for a Josh to the extreme? Here we go! This is the non-purest part of my idea. Would, if I were commissioner, would I actually do this? No. I probably wouldn't have uh, the uh, the either guts or stupidity to do that, depending on your opinion. A little of both. Yeah, a little of both. But one thing I would consider is, okay, baseball, it's three hours long. We've tried to do little things to make it shorter. We've gotten rid of intentional walks and just made a signal for intentional walk, which, by the way, I don't like either. I like <laughs> pitches outside for intentional walk. I think that's the way it should be done. You throw a pitch, you throw a pitch. Anyway, that's not a major issue. It saves a very little bit of time occasionally. And it hasn't been drastically changed one way or the other. So I'm not going to leave that alone. I'm curious where you have this extreme because of how much it's clear you dislike uh, the intentional walk signal. But please, I, I, I'm, I'm on pins and needles. I'm saying, there was a game 15 years ago. Miguel Cabrera was being intentional walk, intentionally walked. This was back mm -hmm. when he was with the Marlins. They threw an intentional ball too close to the strike zone. He hit it. For a hit, they won the game. On an intentional ball. Also, there's always a chance of a wild pitch on an intentional walk. You're completely right. It just takes away a little bit of the intrigue of the game. All right. Extreme anyway, Josh. Anyway, that was a tangent which was unrelated <laughs> to this. So, baseball's it's slow. A game takes a long time. Part of that is because our society just goes faster, so it seems slower than it used to. Part of it is because, yeah, games actually do take longer than they used to. We have limited mound visits this year. Maybe that'll help a little bit. Maybe eventually we'll implement a pitch clock. Maybe that'll help a little bit. But the fact is, this is the game that we have. There are more. There's more specialization for relief pitchers. And so there's more pitching changes. And there's more emphasis on batters taking balls. And so there's higher pitch counts. And bats take longer. This 
these are the trends, and you can't really legislate out these trends. It is what it is to a large extent. There is so much build-up to this. I, I hope you, the audience, is as intrigued with what this change could be as I am. Yeah, so the only really way to make the game shorter is to just literally make the game shorter. You make the game six innings. Six innings, Or wow. seven, if you are so inclined. I mean, my first thought goes to, do you still have the seventh inning stretch? Uh, there are some issues with this, yeah. <laughs> you have the fifth inning stretch. Wow, all right. Six or seven innings. Now, in college, they play seven-inning baseball games. In the minor leagues, when they have doubleheaders, they play seven-inning games. So, nine innings, while we think, is the thing, is the be-all, end-all of baseball games. That's not true. Nine innings is played at the major league level, and it's played almost all the time, but not all the time at the minor league level. And actually, I shouldn't say that about college. I believe college baseball does nine innings. I believe college softball does seven. That could be wrong, though. So if it is wrong, I will uh, look that up and let you know. Yeah, My point being, though, that not, not all baseball is nine innings. There are certainly other leagues where you're going to do six or seven innings. Is the nine-inning rule, is that as old as like the rest of baseball? Is that more than 100 years old? I believe so. I believe it is kind of one of those classic things. Do we know how that came to be? Is there sort of like this it happened to come up through custom... I don't know exactly how that came to be. I know that you know early in the history of baseball, it was not a three strikes, four balls situation. Though that came in very early on. We're still in the 1800s, but there was a time when those were not even the rules that were followed. I would, I would love if they did the experiment for like a month in baseball, so people react to it. I feel like you couldn't do it like for a couple games, because then there's still a novelty factor. You only know how it's impacting sales. But if you did seven innings and, or even six, and the sales remain the same. It'd be really interesting. You have less injuries from players, less uh, wear on the pitchers. Two-hour two, two hour games, two-hour 15-minute games. That, that, that's a fine amount of time for a sport. The only thing I would say, and you may have already had this in mind, is I would still want the full nine for playoffs. Hmm. I'd say... I don't know how I would feel about that. Because, oh, there's a change. The change. You know, like the playoffs being different. Different roles in the playoffs. I don't know how I would feel about that. Yeah. I feel if I would go to six, seven innings, I would do that all the time. And I think one inspiration for this idea was, so as I've said, I'm a, Philly, I'm a Phillies fan. When the Phillies won the 2008 World Series, the, the, the game five when the Phillies won it was in a rain delay. And it was just this crazy weather where they delayed the second part of this game like two days before they started it up again. And when they started it up, it was tied. It was almost like they were starting a brand new game, but it was started up in the middle of the game. So here is this hyper-intense game to begin with, but it wasn't played over nine innings. It was almost like playing uh, what was a four or five inning baseball game. And uh, yeah, it was a World Series game, so it was going to be exciting either way. But it was, there was yeah. something extra about it. It was such a short amount of time. Every at-bat meant so much. There was no time to waste. And there's something very intriguing about that. I'll give you a, a promise, a very quick tangent to that. Yes. Uh, when the Philadelphia Phillies did win that game five, I was on a plane that was landing in Philadelphia, and we actually landed five minutes after the Phillies won the World Series. Mm. And as you can imagine, it was very difficult to get out of Philadelphia that night. I can imagine, yes. It's not, not the best time to be landing a plane. <laughs> no. And just... Man. But no, that is very interesting, the, the, the switch. Because you're right, that is actually keeping what baseball is in terms of how you're actually playing it, just shortening the amount of innings you have to do it. And I feel like some things would change just naturally, like how long you 
do a pitcher in because if they're already six innings in, do you want to bring a pitcher in for one inning? I'm not sure about that. I, I, I'd like to see it played out. And I, I think, and this is wrong, I think you're, I'm more, a little more willing to experiment during like an actual season than you are. Uh, I'd, I'd be fine doing that for a month. I would say, that's right. I would say Kevin is much more the ideas man, and how can we creatively adjust this and adjust this and adjust this? I am over here saying, let's not change anything except let's cut off a third of the game. But, but, but Josh is also uh, the one who would like would point out to me, oh, Kevin, don't pull that Jenga piece. Everything will come crashing down. I think that is necessary, too. Uh, I think you need both, both views of things. Well, maybe we should be co-commissioners. I'll do it. <laughs> now we just need baseball's approval and we're all set. Well, we're already halfway there. <laughs> all right, Rob Manfred, <laughs> call me. Call us. Thank you, Josh. Inclusion. It's good. We're all we're all in this together. <laughs> I just I don't know if anyone would agree with uh, the six seven inning idea, but it's the kind of thing that I think it solves issues. I think it solves a lot of the problems without having to legislate little detailed changes. I think. If we combine something like this with Kevin's ideas, I think a whole new generation could be into Major League Baseball. I'd be very curious to see it play out. We'll see. And so there you have it. Some more possible changes to Major League Baseball. We've got two episodes worth of what we could do to change baseball. We should mention here at the end, baseball is a great sport. We're still talking about it 150-some years after it's been invented. So we're not here to criticize baseball for what it is. We're here to compliment baseball for what it is and say, how can we make sure that baseball stays relevant? And I'm here mostly as an agent of chaos, trying to disrupt baseball in all its forms. Oh, you're too kind, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin loves baseball, too. Josh, I thank you so much for having me, and I hope to be on the show again. I hope to have you on the show again, too. It's always great to talk to you, Kevin. Thanks so much for being here. It's been a lot of fun, as always. Absolutely. Everybody have a wonderful week, and... Thanks so much for listening. And remember, you can uh, contact us at thebaseballweek at gmail.com. That's thebaseballweek at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Have a good one. Take care.